The Con Guy Show, the official program of theconguy.com, is heard on the We Be Geeks Collective and on Sci-Fi.Radio. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. For the past 12 seasons, Mike and Mike have been bringing you a weekly look at all things geek. With reviews, discussions, interviews, and topicals from across the Geekosphere. Now, with Geek Life slowly returning to normal in 2021, join the Earth Station One crew as we look at the return of the summer movie season, preview the fall TV lineup, look at all the big conventions now happening, along with other geek topics. You can listen to Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And as always, Earth Station One is a founding member of the ESO Network. We're the Con Guys, and this is the Con Guy Show, coming to you straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California. And this is Jim with theconguy.com. She's been here with theconguy.com. Katie here, aka the Con Girl. Zordon did not want five teenagers with attitude. My name is Derek Sam. I'm Danae Sams, and that's my brother. We are your home for news, opinions, and interviews from the world of Comic-Cons and fandoms, your ultimate insiders for all things Happy Labor Day, everybody! Happy Labor Day! Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed martial arts, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. And tonight, we break it down here on the Con Guy Talks Movies. My name is Jim Fry, and I am so glad to be here tonight. Who do we have to my my other direction? It's either left or right. Cheeseman and- Up, down, left, right, diagonal. Uh, I'm Luke. I'm Austin. And together we are the Con Guys and the Con Kids, here for the <laughs> first time sharing one screen. And if you haven't realized this already, we're related. This is my nephew, Austin. This is my uncle. And just real quick, tell what's Con Kids, Austin? Uh, it's basically our kids' platform from the Con Guy. Uh, we go over con, basically everything comic and movie related, but for more of a kid audience. That's right. Check us out on Instagram. <laughs> Katie. Hi, everyone. It's Katie, and my lovely roommate Emily is back. Uh, we are two thirds of the Con Girls. Uh, you know, our other channel, because the Con Guy has expanded in 2021. Uh, so Con Girls is, of course, our platform geared from a female perspective. Uh, yeah. So you, we were breaking down Loki every week. Uh, we have some other things planned. Uh, so just check us out on Instagram, whatnot. Uh, but super excited to talk about Shang-Chi, which in true Jim fashion, he cannot pronounce people's names or remember people's That's names true. right. So what did I say on that? Did I say Shang? You said Shang, yeah. Shang. I'm from the South, and I may have had a beer a second ago, so Shang-Chi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, but Katie, but yeah. you, have a, you have a guest with us tonight. Yeah, so, uh, oh, wrong way. We have a special guest. You guys might have not seen him with me on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show. 
Can you introduce yourself, Christian? Yes. Hi there. Mm -hmm. I'm Christian Blatt, and I was indeed on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show, which uh, we had to actually keep doing ourselves uh, as the show wound down uh, on my YouTube channel, which is Blattcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. And uh, I uh, do a number of shows over there. Uh, including shows where we talk about topics like Shang-Chi. And uh, I will give Katie all the credit. She was the first one to point out to me that I was saying Shang-Chi wrong when we were doing our Black Widow episode. I have talked about that character for years, was never hugely familiar with him, but I always called him Shang-Chi. I just, what I thought his name was. So, <laughs> but now I know and I've learned. And I can't take credit for that. Uh, I only found out because Simu Liu posted about it a couple months ago. And so since then, I've been trying to say it correctly. So, yep. Well, that is awesome. I, I will try my best to remember to pronounce it correctly. I'm not so sure I'm so great at that. But Christian, <laughs> thank you so much for joining the con guys tonight. Em, so glad to have you and Austin. Great to have you guys join us tonight. This is kind of like a, our, you know, like when you watch, um like, the NBC nightly news. And whenever it's a, a holiday weekend, they get different newscasters in there because everybody's on vacation. Well, this is a yeah, hand-picked group here tonight. I don't want anyone to think this is the B team. Katie said, I would love to get Christian on. I'd love to get M on. And then Luke, you said that, uh, that Austin was excited to talk about this. So this is the A team to talk about Shang-Chi. Did I say right? Yeah. And the Legend of the Ten Rings which capped off Labor Day weekend at the box office with a huge bang. It brought in a bigger than expected box office, collecting $90 million in its first four days. Its first three days was $75.5 million. From 4,300 theaters, it blew past the previous Labor Day weekend holiday record holder of Halloween in 2007. That was Rob Zombie's Halloween. That had $30.6 million. Um, the only, it's, uh, the only other three day open opener that beat it so far this year is it's Black other, Widow. yep. Black Widow. <laughs> so yeah, and that's based off of, I'm assuming that's based off of a three day total because it's, yep. that's the three day numbers, even though there's a four day weekend, it doesn't count. They only count. First yeah. It's uh yeah. Black Widow got 90 in it's three day. So, yeah. uh, you know, so it just took, it took Shang-Chi an extra day, but, uh, yeah. for a character that had, you know, look. Look, I, I'd probably read two comics with him, and I'm 45 at this point. So, you know, I think the fact that it did well. And, uh, you know, Jim, what you were saying about the gross, it's it's important because of the fact that, you know, the previous record holder for Labor Day, you mentioned 2007, it more than doubled that. And that's yeah. pre-pandemic. You know, that's good old-fashioned uh, regular weekend movie yeah. going. So uh, very exciting. Uh, we, were, we were talking about this a little bit earlier with uh, my wife and uh, friends of ours about uh, we were glad to see that uh, Shang-Chi has made so much money. And you know what's so cool is like uh, it's kind of like the box office. We've been hearing the, you know, the death knell of the box office this year and last year. And we've been in the doldrums, but what did it take? It took a one-two punch from Marvel to kind of sock us out of the box office doldrums, which is kind of cool. But like, Christian, how does this compare to like other Marvel movie openings? Uh, other Marvel movie openings, uh, obviously, this is going to be on the lower side uh, because of the fact that those usually, you know, like, there's a reason why the records for Labor Day weekend are what they are. It's because it's you don't usually open movies, uh, mm -hmm. at, you know, at this time of year. At the end of the summer, it's a lot of like, oh yeah, let me try and 
you know, see what I've already seen, you know, what I've missed, maybe see something one more time. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, the actual numbers and uh, I could I could do some homework while we're talking and I can tell you how. Impressed. But the thing that I was surprised with, they were so impressed with this. Uh, Sony was like, yeah, remember how we told you that Venom 2 was going to come out on October 15th? Psych, it's coming out October 1st. They, yep. they really are like, no, no, let's get people back in the movies theaters uh, yeah. and into the movies quicker. And uh, I'm a, I'm excited for that that uh, that anybody's thinking like oh no because so many movies keep moving we just had a whole bunch move last week and uh, the fact that uh, anybody's trying to see this as a good sign I think is encouraging for those of us who love to go to the movies. Yeah, that's awesome. It also did 56 million over 56 million overseas, so it puts it at approximately 130 something million I think so far, um, and it didn't get released in China yet. They don't know when it's getting released in China, which, of course, we all know is one of the biggest yep. markets. Uh, so everybody's kind of still waiting to see when it gets released and how much money it makes in China. Because China's the big kicker on, on films. It can make yeah. or break numbers. So Yeah. From The Hollywood Reporter, they said, as the child of an immortal conqueror and a warrior from another dimension and the current wielder of the mysterious Ten Rings, Shang-Chi is vital to... Marvel's Phase 4's theme concerning the gift and burden of legacy and powerful individuals finding a way to make it their own. Katie, we got to throw it to you to start the conversation. Please tell us, why was this film a big deal for you? This movie was, I've been waiting for as soon as they announced it. I think they announced it at Comic-Con 2018, right? That I don't know. I don't know. When they announced it. Oh, I think I, you're right. You know, I think you're right. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm excited. We haven't seen an Asian, like a big Asian role, let alone movie. So I was really excited about it. And as it got closer and closer, I was like, you know, it doesn't matter how much the trailer says, it doesn't matter anything. I know I'm gonna see this film. And it was very emotional for me because I'm gonna get like a little bit of backstory leading up to this. I don't think I knew another Asian person until I was in high school. Oh, um, for the most part, I had a few people that came through the camp that I lived at that I now that I think about it. But for the most part, I didn't know many agents other than my family growing up. Um, hey, can we just pause for a second for those of you who are just listening? Katie's last name is Kawamoto. Katie is of Asian descent, so th th this is a big deal for her. True. Thanks for saying that. I probably should have prefaced with that. Oh, well. <laughs> but yeah. So, and Emily went with me, and I knew I wanted to see this, and I knew that it was important to see it opening weekend because. Opening like numbers for box office opening weekend make a huge impact and for future projects for what they mean to Hollywood and the industry in general. And so I've been telling people like if you can see it this weekend, please see it help support this, you know, it's the same as when crazy rich agents came out like, please show Hollywood that Asian American leads can sell tickets, you know, so and we went we went to the IMAX screening at uh, AMC CityWalk because Emily and I have seen all but Black Widow. We have mm -hmm. seen the midnight showings or the release night showings at City Walk in IMAX for like the last four or five years or four or five movies. So we kind of like kept that tradition going. And when we're in line, it was it was a very surreal experience because we're seeing a ton of Asians and Asians Americans in line mm -hmm. with us. And when I got to work uh, a couple of days ago, one of my coworkers he said. Hey, Katie, you, you saw Shang-Chi, right? And I said, yeah. He said, so 
was it like Black Panther? And he didn't have to finish his sentence. And I said, yes. So in the same way that so many people felt for Black Panther, that is how I felt when I saw Shang-Chi. The finally getting to see a Marvel superhero that is Asian. Like it means so much. We only had a few Asians to look up to and screen when I was little. And they were always action stars or comedians. They never got romantic comedies. They never got these hero stories. And then ever since like the last few years, you're starting to see more Asian Americans in film in non-traditional roles that they were when I was growing up. I mean, romantic comedies, they've been in, we've had Asians in romantic comedies on Netflix, and now we have a superhero. And it's also so important for young Asian kids to be able to see someone who looks like them on TV. And I'm glad that as a kid, I might've had to go through this and hopefully for future generations, they won't have to. And I'm sure Christian might have a little bit of input well, on that. Well, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, thanks, yeah. Katie. Um, for those who don't know, which probably most of you don't, uh, my wife is Chinese American and I brought her to the press screening I went to a couple weeks ago. And I usually bring one of the co-hosts from one of the shows I do on my YouTube channel, Marvel Movie Talk. Thank you very much. Uh, but in any case, I Go knew that she really, yeah. <laughs> and I see Cam Egan in the chat, who's one of our regulars. So uh, thank wait, you. Wait, for... wait, she said? saw Shang-Chi on Friday and thought it was terrific. Agreed, yeah. So, But my wife said basically uh, very much what Katie said. And as she was watching it, she was really, she was enjoying it, you know, the representation, you know, there's, it's not just that there's the Asian superhero, it's the, the almost entirely Asian cast. And she did feel a little down though, because she's like, I can only imagine what it would have been like if I'd had this when I was a kid. And so, in that way, she was kind of mad that, you know, like you said, you know, I mean, it's what Jackie Chan, Lucy Liu, Margaret Cho. And then you really you're going to have to think after that. You could come up with a couple people. But I mean, yeah. and, you know, it was uh, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, just uh, she thought that the movie was good. You know, the story, I think, would be good no matter, you know, who it happens to, you know, uh, if it was yet yet another uh white guy superhero you know it's not like the story uh you know it, it story works on every level but i think to have that uh it was uh, definitely a little emotional for my wife you know because yeah. you don't get you don't you still don't really get a lot of these things you know mm -hmm. you don't get a lot of uh you know and even when you have like a, an asian uh, cast like the live action mulan last year there was so much that was wrapped up in it and also it wasn't very good. So, you know, that's, what, but this was a great movie and everybody was so excited. And uh, yeah, so it, it really meant a lot for my wife that, uh, that she was able to see this. And, you know, we have two kids and the idea that they're going to see this movie, they're a little, they're six and three, so they're not going to yeah. see it just yet. But the idea that when they're seeing superhero movies, it'll be like, yeah, you know, sure. We all know Peter Parker. Uh, oh, and then there's also T'Challa, and then there's also uh, Shang-Chi, who is like you guys, you know? So uh, I think it's it's so great on that level as well. And well, you wouldn't be like, surprised of what six-year-olds would like these days. Austin has younger siblings, and what kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. Alice, had, she's, what, four now? Would she be watching this movie, you think? Um, Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have He does have a friend who, like, when they were four, he loved Jurassic World. And yeah, uh, I was like, his brother good, yeah, good for him, but uh, you know, dinosaurs we, eating people. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, hey, although, I did, although I did take him to see uh, Jungle Cruise, and that yeah. has some scary stuff in it, and it wasn't, and he did okay with it. So I'm a little closer to taking him to see something like this now. So I just want to um, shout out that if you are watching or listening, that in, in just a few minutes we will be talking about the film. So if you don't want to know anything about Shang-Chi, um, you have been warned. We'll, we'll tell you right when we're going into it, but we will probably be jumping into some spoilery type territory. We'll try not to spoil everything. I don't know. Maybe we will. <laughs> we'll see. If but, we once, but once you see the movie, you can find this on yes. Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. Or on Absolutely. YouTube. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's go see the movie and then come listen to this because we we're going to have a good time talking about it because I. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try not to talk as much tonight, but I just want to say up front, I think I told some people way back and they say, you say that about every Marvel movie. But I said, this is by far one of my favorite Marvel films that I have seen. So yeah. there's all kinds of reasons for that. But uh, we should probably start talking about it and what we thought about it. How about let's hear from the, the let's hear from those guys up there. We haven't heard much from yet. Austin and Luke. I'll let Austin go first. By the way, Austin and Luke, I have a couple photos that I got like 30 seconds before the show, so I wasn't <laughs> able to size them. But here's Austin and Luke at the screening right here, and then pop, 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 bam! <laughs> I, I, I clearly won the fight in front of the, the poster. That's hilarious. Wait, let me take that picture down. All right. So, Austin, I want to hear your your opinion. Uh, yeah, I really like the movie. Um particularly more towards like the fighting like in a lot of the more recent um superhero movies the fighting's been low grade it's more like powers and weapons this yeah. is a lot of like hand-to-hand -hand combat which i really appreciated like you can definitely see like signs of like kind of john wick vibes to it as well as like bruce lee vibes so for me like i really appreciated that while incorporating a lot of like the marvel you know superpowers and mystical elements to it that was my cool. big take on it. Jeez. I, I agree. So what was cool about this is I went to see it with my parents as well and my cousin Jeremy and Austin. So this movie is very like family oriented and just family struggle and family dynamics. So it's a great movie to see as like multi-generational family. And that's kind of the experience that we got to have. So like, and then we all have, you know, different interests and things as we see this. So like our cousin Jeremy was, he kept shout, shouting, parkour during it because there's all these cool kind of like almost like parkour type moves that they did i love that like bus fighting scene was one of the coolest marvel fighting scenes i've ever seen so i agree with austin that the fighting and it was just phenomenal there was a lot of heart a lot of family type stuff in that so uh i i just thought it was a well-rounded film and i also liked you know like i like learning about cultures and different like that's what i part of what i loved about Black Panther is just kind of getting more of like an African heritage or African kind of feel. And this, you're getting more of like the Asian feel with like, you know, the Marvel universe. It was interesting to me and in that they incorporated music and style and all sorts of things with that. Cool, cool. Well, can we talk, you you touched on something there. I would love for Katie and Christian and, and em, I, Emily, we haven't really heard from you yet as well. I would love the family dynamics of this thing. I think for me personally, the family dynamics of this film kind of elevated it to, to it felt it felt very, for lack of a better word, Shakespearean to 
to borrow an old white guy saying, but still. <laughs> but let's, can we talk about that a second? What do you think about that? How did the family dynamics, let's, can you describe a little bit of what was happening in this film as far as the family? Um, who wants to grab that one? Do you want me to talk about it? Go ahead and talk about okay. it a little bit. Uh, so, well, I mean, one of the things that makes most movies good when they address family is that everybody can relate to it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter your heritage. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Everybody can relate to a story about family, whether it be the family you choose, which would be Sean and Katie, or the family that you're born with, which not everybody loves the family they're born with. Mm -hmm. But the relationship between Sean and Katie was beautiful. I loved mm -hmm. it. And it, it was a really great way to show the difference between someone who's Asian and Asian American. Um, so they had a good blend of both of those components. Um, so, but also there's so many messages that Asian Americans and Asians alike can relate to in this, in the sense of you get to see kind of the different structures of an Asian household that may not ring as true to other people, but they can still get the most of the messages behind it. And who doesn't like a good, good family story? I mean, you just you can't true. not like it. Yeah, I even like that they brought in, like, not even just, like, their close family, like, even the aunt and stuff came into it and that kind of thing, and I thought that was really cool to be able to see the dynamic between them and, like, their, like, what's it called? Distant family. <laughs> yeah, and they also mentioned, like, you show that the importance that Asian culture places on ancestors and mm -hmm. their presence and, and, and giving respect to your ancestors. And they showed all that, which, you know, Christian mentioned Mulan earlier. It's you kind of have some of those things that they've always touched base on in Mulan, but I feel like this kind of did a better job at it. Um, so and you this isn't really related to the family thing, but I just wanted to mention it. You saw uh, actors speaking in their native tongue. So you oh, yeah. saw Marvel had ten, what 10 minutes in the beginning of the film that was not in English that did so much for me to set the tone of that movie it would have been easy for them to be like we're going to have this these actors speak english but they chose not to and i am so glad they did because if you're having a film that takes place in asia you're kind of you're gonna Especially expect them to in speak like that in their family time too. Like, yeah. english didn't really exist when well not in like <laughs> like in that area area at that time when he first gets the rings and stuff yeah so. and then you know you get to see how in multi-generational families a grandma a great grandma is going to speak native tongue and then the granddaughters and grandsons might speak english but they can still speak with their grandparents and learn it and i feel like that was also showing setting that cool. as well so. Christian, what do you think? Yeah, I thought there was uh, some great family stuff. I think everybody, regardless of your background, you can relate to being at least one of the people at that table when they're having breakfast, you know, early in the movie. You, we've all been at least one of those people, you know, be, being nagged or or what have you, you know, and just uh, watching it. I think everybody can identify with that. And uh, honestly, I think the dynamic between uh, Shang-Chi and his sister was, you know, just how great she was. And this idea that, you know, she trained herself just by watching you know it's a, they always say the thing about uh you know yes fred astaire is impressive but ginger rogers did it uh backwards and in heels and it's like so great yeah that's great that shang chi you know got all this this proper training but she just taught herself by watching and i thought that was great and and then you know look the importance of 
family in terms of their father, who they feel is a pretty bad guy, but there's still the, even, you know, uh, uh, throughout most of the movie, there's still always this reverence for him, which I feel like mm -hmm. is very important to have. And, uh, you know, just uh, the, and, and uh, you know, in, in terms of the uh, Michelle Yeoh's character, I couldn't think of her name, the, the aunt, but, uh, you know, just how great it was that uh, there was this really strong, you know, female uh, representation in their family that they got to see. And she's, you know, terrific in everything. So uh, I was so glad that there was a reason for her to be in it. But yeah, I think that uh, the, and like Katie said, Katie in the movie, you know, his chosen family, their dynamic is fantastic. And uh, uh, I, I love the fact that, uh, you know, she at least figured out how to shoot a bow and arrow enough, you know, <laughs> so that she wasn't, she wasn't just there like, well, I guess we haven't gotten into spoilers yet. She wasn't there just running around like in the, during the fight scenes, like one of the other actors who didn't really contribute. <laughs> I got to say, my, I thought the journey of Aquafina was, it might've been my favorite part of that movie. It, it, let's go ahead and say that we will get into spoilers now because I want us to talk about what the best parts and the and maybe some parts that didn't quite ring with us. But let's, Christian, let's start with you and then we're going to head up to Luke. Overall, what do you think of the film? Overall, I thought it was great. I think that uh, this is one of the best origin movies that they've done. I think that, you know, you, as you look at the, the different, you know, Captain America First Avenger is and always has been and will still be my favorite marvel movie just because i think that that is wow. a perfect introduction it's a war movie that happens to be a superhero movie so i think that the fact that they were able to do that but like you know you think of the the first four the first thor the first ant-man you know and you just think about all of these movies and of course black panther and this i thought was you know on par with black panther in the sense of like you know, we had we had met T'Challa a little bit. We knew a little bit of his story from Civil War, but this is really like, yeah, we don't. You're sitting down and you don't really know that much about it. So just just tell us what we need to know. And I thought he was great, and yeah, their dynamic, uh, him and Katie from the beginning. And my wife had the funniest thing that she said after it is like, yeah, I really want to know more about when they were in college together. I'm like, what? That's the least interesting part of his entire life. You don't want to know about when he's training. You don't want to know when he's an assassin. And you want to know like, yeah, but let's see more of them, you know, doing karaoke. I'm like, yes, I would love to. I would, I would love to go <laughs> some karaoke with them. That would be great. But uh, so I think that that connection is, it was so strong that that's really what she, I, I think, felt, uh, you know, the, the strongest connection to. And having her in the movie is definitely she's representing us more so than shang chi is because yeah. uh, you know it's it's a lot of like yeah imagine if you got dragged along on this and i'm so glad that there were a couple of times where they could have been like well katie obviously you can't go and she was like well no i'm going and then that set the tone that she was not going to be left behind at any point you know it would have been it's very easy to leave side characters you know and but she's not really a side character you know and i think that i didn't expect her to be in this as much and i thought I that yeah and uh, what you were saying before about the the hand to hand combat, I thought was great. the The bus sequence, I know we saw a little of it in the trailer. That's one of the the best fight sequences that I've seen in a while. And yeah. yeah, you had the guy with the the sword arm and stuff, but there's not a ton of effects in there. And I think that's why it's so great, you know. Luke and Austin, what do you guys think? What's your overall opinion of the film? Or you guys already went right? A little bit, like in the beginning, just kind okay. of some general overview. Yeah. 
but we could share more. We got more yeah, to say. We're, 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 yeah, we're, a little bit more, and then we're going to jump back down to Katie. I want her overall opinion. Uh, first, first of all, just as kind of a screenwriter, I'd say, like, I love a good villain, you know, that has motive, that believes what they're doing right. So I think yeah. with his father, like, really thinking he was bringing the family back together, was getting his wife back. I Even my mom kind of said, like, she really liked that aspect of, like, what he was fighting for felt like he was like fighting to bring like his wife back and kind of seeking revenge, which in a lot of movies, you know, like taken or, you know, like a ransom, like those things like where people like do things to your family. Usually we seek, like we love people seeking revenge, but in this one, they did it so well that, you know, we're like, no, maybe revenge isn't the right way to go with this. And just kind of the fantasy and the different kind of like realms and just the creativity kind of in it. And just, Again, the, the fighting the fighting for me was just like the biggest thing. I just really loved the fighting and the, just the humor. I love, like we, we brought this up already, but I, I love the karaoke stuff of like, or we could, because knowing me, Jim, how other people are, we tend to not be very responsible with our time. And then it's like, oh yeah, where's the weekend go? And why do I not feel rested? I tend to be the person that'll just like, well, we could re be responsible or, you know, so... Full circle, that was the best very... joke in the movie. Oh, it was yeah. so good. We'll talk about and, that in a second, yeah. Yeah, and it was really cool how they brought Wong into this, you know, like, because yeah. he has been an enjoyable character throughout, like, the Doctor Strange thing and even bringing him into, you know, like, Infinity War and kind of the end of Endgame and all that. So it was really cool how they kind of brought him into that and how they blended that in. It looks like he might be more of this based on some of the Easter eggs and other things that we may mention possibly throughout this but uh there was one very cool character and aspect of it that austin was talking a lot more to me about that i'll let him share what's that yeah so i definitely loved um the incorporation of the fake mandarin character i forget his exact name in the trevor comments. trevor the actor trevor so unexpected but great played by sir ben kingsley again mm -hmm. But yeah, loved his involvement with it. And how they kind of like made fun of like Mandarin, you know, the name and stuff. It's like, then they named it after this crappy like orange well, chicken. Where, okay, where's the first time we saw the Mandarin? I mean, where's... Iron Man 3. Yeah. Uh, no, well, Mandarin, yes. But before that, I just want to mention Ten Rings was established from the very first Marvel film. Yeah. Ten Rings been there for over 10 years, which yeah. I've honestly been waiting for them to incorporate more of like the villain organizations like we've seen hydra since captain america but we haven't yep. touched on the ten rings and it's been there before anything else so ten rings oh, was back cool. there with the cell group of terrorists that kidnapped tony stark yep. as well as it was seen in iron man 2 where um look at the symbol right you, we've shown the symbol yeah, right it's now on the flag behind yeah. you know when they captured mm -hmm. tony stark you can see the ten rings on there yep. yeah and then in iron man 2 um when he's like getting all the passports the main villain Forget what his name is, but when he's getting all the passports, he's getting it from a Ten Rings operative. I oh think yeah, he has a tattoo on his wrist. That that was uh, what's his name? The Mickey Rourke was it that one? Yeah, the one with Mickey Rourke. Okay, yeah. So yeah. they've been hinting at the Ten Rings for a while, mm -hmm. which yeah. is I very did cool. Not realize this until just now. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> oh, granted, we haven't watched Iron Man two or three in a long time. True. And then it was also seen in Ant-Man. Uh, so the buyers for the Pym suit or the fake Pym suit, oh. he was from the Ten Rings organization. 
Just oh. the cheese on the neck. Oh gosh, you saw the tattoo, the neck tattoo. Yeah. Ah. Interesting. So, I can go back and rewatch all these now and just see how everything. <laughs> Uh, your point about the fake Mandarin, uh, I think it's great that he was in here and how they made it work and they were able to include him, I think was all great. Uh, I was definitely someone who was very annoyed by that character in Iron Man 3 because I know that yep. the Mandarin character in comics is actually really cool. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, you wasted him, you know? And I'm like, well, we're never going to get the Mandarin for real. And then, you know, so you know, shame on me for not having faith that it was all going to come full circle. But uh, the fact that they were able to have him in there and of course uh, was Morris, the name of his friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we all need one of those. Uh, no oh, offense to the dog. Duff dog. I mean, that stuff, the little dog creature. Little dog. Yeah. That was so funny. Yeah. Especially when he first comes out and they're like, wait, you see him. I, I, oh, yeah. I wasn't. Was this great. wasn't my imagination. Oh, hello. Yes, yes. <laughs> As an animal lover, animal <laughs> dog lover, I love that character so much. Yeah, I love. It. Yeah, and I love when he's uh, reunited with his uh, family. Of uh, I, I still don't remember what those creatures are, but uh, yeah. we, we love them all the same. So, like Chris, I, I agree with you. I, I was, I was kind of irritated in Iron Man three with that, with the Mandarin being this. I mean, it was funny, I guess, but then I'm like, oh, come on now. It's, yeah. We need to. Should it guy Pierce's character become the Mandarin, though? Like, What's that? Did he call himself the Mandarin at the end? Like, he was the real Mandarin? I'm Who? Just, guy when Pierce's was? character in Iron Man 3. I think he did. I think he, I think he did. Eventually you might be right. I actually don't remember. I, I've seen Iron Man 3 once. I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't hate it, but uh, I just I saw it the one time in the theater. Well. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, a couple times. I yeah. I liked I, I like Shane Black. I just like that kind of buddy yeah. type stuff. But yeah, hey, so guys, what do you think? Um, what was unique about this film that sets it apart from other Marvel films? The fight scenes. It's very has more of a kung fu feel to it, which I really liked. Um, and I think we touched a little bit on that with it, everything you know being like, oh, let's use our powers, or let's just punch everybody, and not as one was like kung fu and like very creative like we were talking about it after it happened and one of the uh, our favorite scenes is the side on the side of the building yeah the fight scene on the side of the building i thought that was cool and i like that when katie was on that thing and it started to break it was realistic because that's like <laughs> those things are gonna break if people are standing on like a bamboo thing so i really liked that scene I think that really stood out from other Marvel films, just the whole kung fu aspect of it. I thought they yeah. almost went Bucky with her for a second. She had that same look on her face when she saw him. Like, oh no, don't get. And then she got caught. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like we've seen, you know, we've seen the combat, hand-to-hand -hand combat, like in Black Widow and all those things. But in an actual martial arts form, this is the most genuine that we've ever seen. Like Emily said. And the reason that one scene stuck out so much to me was that it kind of gave me that feeling of when I used to watch like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon growing up and other martial arts films, but also with the Marvel twist on it. And just the not only the martial arts in that scene, but the acrobats in mm -hmm. that scene, you know, the swinging, all the kind of athletic ability that, that that choreography had to get. And the only thing that's sad about that is this is a movie that needs to be recognized for their stunt choreography and their fight choreography. 
And as of now, there is no category in the Oscars for stunts. And there needs to be. There, there has to have been for a while, but this one really needs it. I, also, my understanding is that uh, most, if not all, of this movie was shot, you know, during COVID, and I don't know how you're able to get such great-looking fight sequences. I mean, because look, I've seen enough. You've seen fight sequences that are shot for television uh, over the last year, and they don't, you know, they don't, uh, they don't work as well because you, the, you know, the contact is just not believable. So yeah, and you know, in terms of unique uh, aspects of the movie, one of the things that I like is yes at the end of the movie and we're talking spoilers now you know he he gets the rings and that's great but when the movie starts he's already got all of his abilities he just isn't sure i love that us. and uh you know sure thor's already a god when we meet him you know uh t'challa's already black panther but you know it, it to to have the the our first movie with him he already knows who he is he already knows what he can do i think is great because you know, I, I don't I don't ever need to see Peter Parker bitten by a radioactive spider again. Uh, and, you know, uh, while I'm saying it, other universe, I don't ever need to see Thomas and Martha Wayne killed again. You know, there's a few things that I just don't need. And, you know, a lot of these characters have these sorts of these sorts of stories. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's like it's great because we just hit the ground running, like literally, you know, with that bus sequence. And it's like, oh, yeah, look at all this stuff that he can do. It's not like what I can do this. I didn't know, yeah. it, you know, and, and I think that's great to just, he's already, you know, he's supercharged by the end of the movie, but he's already a fully realized hero uh, when the movie starts. And I think that's right. I agree with you. That was one of the strengths of this movie. It wasn't ju just another origin thing. It wasn't where, you know, somebody discovering their powers. It was like in what you mentioned before Christian about, it was Aquafina discovering that her best friend is a, is a superhero. Trained assassin. Trained assassin. Trained assassin. Yeah, I mean that was pretty incredible. Like I loved seeing her realization of like what is going on here. But I like that bus scene. I think that bus scene is one of the the, the strongest Marvel action sequences I've ever seen. It kind of is up there with um, Winter Soldier. You know, when the, the Russo brothers started directing yeah. Marvel films, it felt very visceral. It much more in your face and pound them up. I remember. You know, Black Widow, her fights just seemed more, just like I say, visceral. Um, Endgame notwithstanding, <laughs> those fights still felt cool. But that's what I loved about this. It brought the Marvel Universe back down to Earth. That's what it did. It brought it back down into <laughs> relatability for us, you know, so to speak. It brought it down to a family squabble gone on crack, um, <laughs> on speed or don't we have something better than a drug to describe that situation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I've gone big. So that's why that, my favorite part about this is how it brought the Marvel Universe back to hand-to-hand -hand combat, back to people, back back to where I grew up reading comic books, and that's what I loved. Um, and by the way, Kamei wanted to say, Katie, she agrees that the subtitles set the perfect tone for the film. The scenes that called for the native language to be spoken also could not have been more perfect. So. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to get that in there. Yeah, and I, I think that there's far too often that uh, characters are speaking English when you know they wouldn't. If if we're willing to sit through an entire scene where all the characters are speaking Klingon, I think that we could probably you know, <laughs> sit through a few minutes of Chinese now and again. You know, <laughs> I've got Klingon yeah. operas at Comic Con. <laughs> and I want to comment on on you know I, I I looked online and looked at some of the reviews and just little snippets here and there. And you know, first of all, I want to mention it is sitting at a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is great yeah. for a marvel film um 
So that's a massively successful review score. Um, and that's with critics not being very nice even. Um, but uh, one, one person, I think oh, it was a comment. I thought she said Chris. I thought she was talking about you. <laughs> uh, no. uh, like I saw I'm not very nice, actually. But that's not, she said critics, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we. I, I, I heard his review on, on um, the X-Men. What is it? The New Mutants? What? New Mutants? New Mutants, yeah. So I know he can be harsh. Um, oh, he, that yeah. deserved all the harshness it could get. <laughs> anyway, so, but one of the things I saw someone comment, and I actually think it was on a Facebook post, was someone saying that they think Marvel related too much on using the fight choreography as part of the plot and to tell the story, which I don't agree with. I think it just enhanced it. I think that the movie did a really good job in the moments where there's not fighting in using dialogue very smartly, you know, with the conversation about how to say his name and the, the, the barrier between an English speaker and an Asian American and an Asian and pronunciation. And just, they were very intentional with every move that they made in this movie, with dialogue, with fighting, with the- Can I jump in though, Katie? Yeah. And that, that irritates me to hear somebody say they used the fighting as part of the action, as part yeah. of the plot. You know what? That's one of the big parts of this plot. He was trained his entire life to be this assassin, this fighter that yeah. killed people. And so that, you know, that it, it's a big part of the plot. We're seeing what he has been trained his entire life and also fighting back against what he's been trained to do, fighting back against these family bonds that are, he's in his mind. It's also an internal fight. Like, let's not like the, his biggest fight was internal. And so, yeah, fighting is a big part of the plot. Yeah, and I, I would say that uh, fight sequences that don't work in movies are when they're not part of the plot. You know, when it's yeah. like, yeah, we're just going to, you know, yeah, just uh, I don't know if I had to guess under siege, you know, uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal going back to the Holy Grail of uh, fight sequences. You know, a lot of movies you are just like, oh, this is cool that there's all this kicking. But uh, what does this have to do with anything? And the fact that it's such an important part of the movie, I think, is why they work. And I think that's why people connect to them so well. Yeah. And yeah. we are coming up towards the we're, we're actually running out of time, which is crazy. Katie has a comment. Then I have a question for Austin. Yeah. So what I was going to say about more about that is that so many people are so fast to criticize Marvel and saying that their movies are just action movies and that they don't have anything else. And I, I don't think that is the case with this movie. Yeah. Um, because it just heightened it. Like like Christian was saying, I mean, this is the movie that can be mostly action and work. I mean, yeah. you know, movies, martial arts movies in the past, they had less plot than this. And they were still great, but they had less plot. And yep. they still managed to have a really good, strong plot of family, of culture, of, you know, all this stuff with also a lot of kick-ass fighting by both yep men and women so this next question christian could probably pipe in a little bit but as well but austin we're all talking about things that we as adults are loving about this film what is it that kids are going to like about this um definitely probably the fighting this is what they're going to like the most like <laughs> we're very short attention spans so like instead of looking at like super deep things like we tend to more think about the more physical, like what's in front of our face and what's in front of our face is really cool fighting sequences and just punches flying and magic and swords and dragons. And that's, it was great to watch. Um, but it wasn't super sci-fi, which like, yeah. personally, I really like, like DC does a lot of like super sci-fi stuff. And I think that's why, what makes Marvel so independent from like, you know, all these other superhero things is that it's more than just 
it's a magic that can't be explained. It's yeah. rounded. So there's some idea of realistic, like being realistic while also not being realistic. Yeah. So, I think Christian, when will your kids be be up for seeing this? Uh, you know, probably not too far off. It's more like we got to do a couple of steps along the way. I got to get my six year old yeah. to see Star Wars before he sees this. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, that's fair. But, that's but, fair. uh, but the, uh, you know, it's funny what you said. I was thinking the dragons is definitely going to be the thing that, oh. that he thinks is really cool. And, uh, there's a, there's a lot for kids here. And I think that there's plenty of stuff that, it's going to go over their head. It's nothing that you have to worry about the, you know, I, and I don't think it's paced in a way where it's like, this is boring. You know, I mean, I took my kids to the drive-in to see Tom and Jerry and you know what the biggest problem with it? There's a lot. The biggest problem was how many times they said to me, where are Tom and Jerry? Because Tom and Jerry weren't in it. What? It was, it, yeah, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of hit girl and uh, Colin Jost and uh, human actors. Yeah. Uh, so you, you know, you have to really keep them, you have to keep them engaged. And if, if you can't do that with a cartoon cat and mouse, uh, obviously I think that the, you know, and look, this movie's funny. If they're in a movie theater and people are laughing, kids are going to laugh, even if they don't get it, they're going to be like, this is obviously funny, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we do have to kind of like try to start wrapping up here, but I do want to know this. Here's the two questions I'm going to ask. One, what surprised you in this film? Um, and two, it was just in my head. Let's start with that one question right there. Was it, what, the, what, this was it something that we didn't like about the film? No, that might be. Or we, yeah, what did, yeah, that could be part of it for me. I do okay. have a comment about that. Okay, but That's let's first. What, what surprise? Did anything about this film surprise you? Any plot occurrences? Anything about it that you were like, "Wow, I didn't expect that." I mean, the final scene with Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner showing up. <laughs> yeah, I that, not that was not expecting that at all. No, I I thought that you know we were going to get Wong and that was going to be our tie to the MCU mm -hmm. and it was all going to be later. And the fact that we had both of them, uh, that I was legitimately surprised for that. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with Emily on that. What was it they said? Only Bruce Fury Banner. has her number, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. What was it? But this then doesn't final, even have her number. Emily's <laughs> talking about the final, the the end credit scene where. You know, there's Bruce Banner, there's Captain Marvel, and Bruce Banner looks at at, 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 at the at the rings. And by the way, I have a theory on on what that is. We, and it, what is it that he says? Well, he they're talking about how they they don't. She doesn't recognize it. He doesn't know what it is. He knows it's really old. Uh, the next movie's Eternals. I believe it is going to tie into the the deviants uh, because it, they him activated. You know, Shang Chi activating the rings on himself as yeah. opposed to his dad using them for some reason sent out like a beacon. And oh, uh, there's a reason true. why we have never seen the Eternals because they're just waiting for the deviants to show up. So sure. I believe that that's what happened. Uh, if I'm guessing, you know, I didn't read that. Right. It's just my theory, though. Yeah. yeah so that made me that, that made me that more excited though, because I'm like, oh my god, this is going to tie into everything. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. There has to be a reason why the Eternals have finally shown up since they've been here for thousands of years. Let's hope something's exciting. I'm one of the maybe one of the few people that's. I don't. I feel no heat for the Eternals right now. I'm no, like, I'm 100% with you. Uh, I, I I read an entire Eternals 12 issue miniseries in 1985. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Uh, just that I never read any more. You know, so yeah. not excited. Luke, what's what, what about did, you? I did like that most recent trailer of the Eternals a little more. It showed a little more of the characters or more <laughs> of the villain and the battles and stuff. But back to back to this <laughs> film. Um, 
the thing that kind of like surprised me and kind of bothered me a little bit. So there, there's the whole thing with like sucking up the soul of people and how just sudden that was, or they take, you know, the, the old man trainer that trained her with the arrows and just like suck the soul out of him. He's dead, you know, just so quickly or just, or the, the guy I was, what bothered Austin, he really liked the guy with the mask. I'm not sure what his character's name was. Death Dealer. Death Dealer. Oh, wait, wait, let's see, Katie. Really the character, and then they just nice. suck the soul out like that without really giving him, like, a good battle or something like that. Like, I felt yeah, like that was a little sure. cheap. You can comment to that. No, yeah, definitely pissed me off. Um, for me, it was more towards the level of um, the involving Abomination and Wong. I thought I really liked that. Yeah, that scene was awesome. And then what really I was super surprised to see the abomination fighting Wong. That was crazy. Yeah, that was pretty great though. (laughs) Yeah. But what really like had me kind of excited was um when Wong's taking Abomination out, he seems to be taking him to some sort of prison. Which in the like everybody's thinking, I think it's in the comics, that Abomination's being held in Thunderbolt Ross's scene in Hulk, as well as a lot of the other movies recently. It's like prison for it's basically like the suicide squad of Marvel. Okay. Yes. So, um, we possibly could see more of that. So it's kind of cool how they're involving like dark squads. Like you know, you got the one squad forming with, um, what's his face, the new captain, like the Captain Mer- John Walker. Yeah. Is that yeah, the- U.S. agent and 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 obviously uh, Elena Belova, you know, Black Widow's sister. You know, so they're definitely putting something together. Yeah. What do they call that? And in the comics, is that is there like a there's dark- a, there's Dark Avengers? It could be Thunderbolts. You're actually not sure yet what it's going to be. You know, it could be either one of those things. A young yeah. event. There's a Young Avengers. Yeah, Young Avengers is different though. Yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. going to be what like Hawkeye helps set up. Yeah. yeah, Kate Bishop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And Riri Williams. That's it, Riri Williams, With- who, who's uh, been spotted uh, on set for uh, I believe Black Panther two. So apparently, that might be the reemergence of Tony Stark, since he's going to be the AI talking to, in her vo- head in her helmet, possibly from what I understand. That would be sick. I mean, he's dead, uh, but it's a, yeah. an AI version of Tony yeah. Stark, <laughs> like how Vision was before. Yeah. yeah, but don't 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 mark. But um, I by the way. Does anyone else have anything? We, we do kind of um, wrap up here. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, I can say a few things probably. Uh, yes. I mean, I said, I did say it was shocking to me that it wasn't, that they chose to not start the film in English, which I thought was uh, surprising. But honestly, I have to say the biggest surprise is the fact that they gave away very little in their trailers. Their editing for their trailer was magnificent. And you thought you knew the whole movie from the trailer, and you definitely did not. There was so much to it that they were very smart about, which makes me really even more excited about Spider-Man because I'm like, oh, oh yeah. How are you editing there's, this? Like how are you editing this? Sure. You know? <laughs> um and just honestly, the cameos that they they let the whole movie shine without the cameos and then at the very end they're like, okay, now we'll give you some cameos. Yeah. Um I was so happy to see Wong because everybody was like, is Wong going to be in it? Like is he gonna be in it? And I was so happy about it. Yeah. And um, the only, and while we're on this, so I am going to say the one little tiny nitpicky thing that I had with this movie in general is the fight choreography was great, but there were some times where the camera shook so much, I could not appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Just certain parts, you're like, I can't admire this fighting sequence because the camera is like moving way too much. But yeah. that's like only in, only in some scenes when there was a lot of different different action going on at the same time. 
but mm -hmm. that's being very nitpicky. So. And I, if if I had if I had to criticize or, or or talk about what I thought, and I'm gonna go back to something Austin said when he talks about DC films. One of the the weaknesses of DC films is it seems like every DC film, the last third of the movie is this big giant mystical powered battle and it's just all cgi and it's usually in outer space or some other world it's just like people throwing powers at each other i felt this movie came close to, to ending that way i i like the way they did it better but the first two big set pieces the two action sequences on the bus and on the side of the the casino were awesome through the casino every it, but once they got to the the mystical land for me it it went from being a 10 to like, you know, seven and a half or an eight, just because it got too, a little bit too mystical for me and too much. Let's throw our powers around. And, but yeah, no, I, I can understand that. But to me, that was this guy has to operate in the MCU yeah. with literal gods. So it's like we have to kind of add that to it. But if the 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 third act of the film had been you know more earthbound and not so weird and sci-fi and all that stuff it still would have been great you know yeah. i just think that, that this is like clearly the last i don't know they spent most of the last hour like driving this towards you know future movies that he'll be in and uh yeah. uh but yeah i can see i can see your point though on that but that doesn't diminish it at all. I love, no. love, love the film. I absolutely loved it. Luke. Uh, there's one comment from Cammy Egan in the chat. Uh, just oh, we were talking about Bruce Banner. Uh, how did Bruce turn back into human form? If you remember the last time we saw him, he was smart Hulk. Uh, I'm going to say we don't know, but they will definitely tell us at some point. Oh, yeah. you saw his arm was in the sling. Yeah, from his the arm was in a sling, but he was Bruce with the arm in the sling. He wasn't, he wasn't smart Hulk with his arm in a sling. So, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. I know I didn't even think of it until she asked it. That's why yeah, I, didn't no, think it yeah, I didn't even think of that either. Yeah. So Kemi again, you're smarter than all of us. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Can I ask you what she's that. mentioning? What is Kemi mentioning? He said it's not Chitari. Oh, that was before. That's what uh that's what Bruce said. It's not Chitari. Uh when we yeah, were talking about he ring. was looking at the rings that he's he could tell that it wasn't Chitari, which okay. those are the, the bad guys from the first Avengers for anyone who's not quite sure. All right, guys, we do have to wrap up. Any final thoughts on this, Cheeseman and uh Austin? I have a question for Katie. So this kind of like Daredevil, they didn't really introduce his costume right away, which kind of made it different, I think, than other Marvel films. Because a lot of times you get the costume very quick into the movie, but he was just kind of like ordinary kind of wardrobe most of the time. But then at the end, he got his like dragon armor and all that. Like, Katie, what did you think about the costuming throughout the film? Because, you know, that's a big part of, you know, the Asian culture and everything. And they did, I think, a pretty good job of kind of doing different kinds of wardrobe throughout this. Yeah, I absolutely love, first of all, having it be red and white and all that. Those are very popular colors and it, it brought a lot of color. That's not like, it's like still symbolic. Red is symbolic in so many ways, but it popped. You were able to see, you know, this is the good guys. This is the bad guys, the contrast, but just absolutely beautiful. Not like anything else we've seen in the MCU yet. Um, so, and I love, love how the costume designer specifically for Black Panther and um, for Shang-Chi, both took into consideration the actual culture that they are focused on. Um, and also the functionality of it. He looked like he could actually move in it. Some of these costumes are like, there's no way they'd be able to move like that in that. And in you mean you mean like how Scarlett Johansson had to get sewn into her costume uh, every day so that it would actually fit her the right way? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> not, on the, not on the most recent one, but uh, in Iron Man, yeah. 
also his sister's costume as well. It had movement because yeah. you're thinking they're doing high kicks with their legs. They're doing so much more movement than most people do. And something that's important to me when I'm when I'm costuming or when I see costumes is, yes, it has to look cool, but you also want it to be functional. You also want it to look semi-realistic. And obviously the actors may have different input on how those costumes felt, but I believed it. It didn't have any moment that didn't feel authentic. And I think that was good. And while we're talking about costuming though, in the choreography in the bus, when he uses his coat, get, takes his coat oh, off yeah. in the choreography and then gets his coat back on in the <laughs> choreography. Great. I don't, know how many that, I don't know how many of that sweater they had to have to get that choreography to work, but you know. And can we, can I just say the first, the mid credit scene, the karaoke scene, was one of wait was that mid credit or was that that was end credit that was the the, yeah, the end, end, yeah that's like the the end of the movie the movie end of the movie yeah the portal they were eating dinner and they go through the portal and that's the last you thing. talk about like ending on a high note a funny note and you know what I liked about that the fact that Shang Chi and um Katie they they were both a little bit yes yes they were both a little bit directionless they were with the, and they got their direction but that didn't mean they couldn't sing karaoke anymore. The the, the scowls from their mothers and and, rel and relatives didn't mean they couldn't still have a little bit of fun with Wong. I loved that was the that was the perfect button on the end of that movie, guys. We do have to end real quick. Austin and Luke scale from one to ten. Ten being fantastic. Austin, um, I probably rank it more towards I'd say an eight. All right, Luke, Cheeseman. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd give it maybe like an eight plus. Yeah. It's pretty good. A what? Eight plus, like a little, oh. like eight or a little above. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said A plus. Okay. A plus, A plus. I'm like, Christian. A plus would be a 10. So, Christian. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a solid nine. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not even sure if, it, I'm not even sure if my favorite Marvel movie is a 10, you know? So, uh, but uh, it's hard to give anything a 10, but uh, no real complaints. On a scale from four two to, to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a on a scale uh, from Thor two to Dark Phoenix, uh, it's 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 a twenty. <laughs> oh, <geez. Yeah>. <laughs> Emily, uh, I'd probably give it a nice solid eight. Katie, I'm going with Christian. I'm going to say nine. If nine. Not, I'm, I'm not sticking a bit more. Does I'm it hurt you to not give it a ten though, Katie? No, because it's hard to give a score yeah. of ten. That means that there's I no agree. way there's that means there's no room for improvement, and you always yeah. want there to be room for improvement. You want the um, you want the sequel I, to be better. Most of the time, I've been going off a scale of five. Emily can tell you, ten stresses me out. Ten is <laughs> so I've been saying four point five out of five as well. All right, so. four point five out of five equals nine. Just double it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you. Can everybody uh, starting up here with Austin Luke? Where can people find you guys online? Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm at at Austin underscore seven five seven. Um, or you can find our Con Kids account, which is on Instagram as well at the Con Kids. So Christian, for whenever your kids are old enough, yeah, um, definitely hit us up. We'll be making content for I'm, them. I'm looking to be bringing them to cons probably next year. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Cheeseman. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Cheese on Couch and also at theconguy.com. And look at that little Instagram, the con guy. Check us out there too. <laughs> Christian. 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And I do have my own YouTube channel, uh, the black cast B L A D T C A S T that uh, has the titular black cast, but also a show that I do called Marvel movie talk. Uh, we're going to have a few special episodes this week, including one with Katie uh, to be scheduled uh, where we're going to talk about Shang-Chi and uh, it, it, I'm doing another one. You guys aren't doing another show tonight. Are you? No, no. Okay. So at at nine o'clock and a little bit less than an hour, uh, we'll be doing the first of our Shang-Chi specials. Uh, you can find it. Just uh, follow me uh, and you'll get the link uh, shortly uh, tonight at nine. All right. Fantastic. Emily. Um, I'm Emily. You can find me at, at M Gibson girl on Instagram and Twitter. I just don't use Twitter, but it's there. <laughs> and I'm probably the only person who's actually excited for eternal. So. I'm not unexcited. Well, I, 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 I want them to. I want to get excited. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not there yet. The biggest Marvel fan here, maybe other than Christian. She likes anything and everything Marvel. I kid you. Plus not. Galactus. Yeah, she also right. Loves All right, and I'm gonna go before Katie because I want Katie to close us out. You can find me at theconguy.com at James D Fry on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening to us tonight. But Katie, take us out, please. I'm Katie Kawamoto, a.k.a. Katie underscore Christine, all across social media and Twitch. You can find me on Twitch not as often as you used to because I have to work and stuff too, but I also uh, stream late nights on Twitch playing The Witcher. I recently started playing Ghost of Tsushima again, may or may not have been influenced by watching Shang-Chi. And also on the Con Girls, you can find me posting on social media as well and uh look out for some cool specials we want to do some good halloween type stuff going on soon um but yeah and make sure you also check out our horror side the scare guy yeah go into the halloween season because emily and i are going to horror nights on sunday so just stay tuned while we talk about all those things so nice nice (laughs) thank you everybody this has been such a great time go check out shang shang shi is it she or chi Chi, Chi. Chi. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to get it right. Probably not very soon. I love the movie. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Con Guy Show, the official program of theconguy.com. Find us on the Weeby Geeks Collective or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And now on sci-fi.radio, Saturdays at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, both a.m. and p.m. That's 9 o'clock Greenwich. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.